Are you through with the Christmas celebration downstairs or just taking a pause? There's food to come yet, right? Yeah. All right. Wonderful. So glad everybody could make it upstairs this morning. The first part of the passage that was read this morning by Daryl and Carrie goes like this. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So read the words that the Apostle Paul quotes in Philippians chapter 2 as he writes about the incarnation of Christ. Sorian Kierkegaard, the 19th century Danish philosopher, theologian, comic, is among so much more well known for his insightful parables. And one of those parables is titled, The Parable of the King and the Maiden. You have probably heard it. It goes like this. Suppose there was a king who loved a humble maiden. The king was like no other king. Every statesman trembled before his power. No one dared breathe a word against him, for he had the strength to crush all opponents. And yet this mighty king was melted by love for a humble maiden. How could he declare his love for her? In an odd sort of way, his very kingliness tied his hands. If he brought her to the palace and crowned her head with jewels and clothed her body with royal robes, she would surely not resist. No one dared resist him. But would she love him? She would say she loved him, of course, but would she truly? Or would she live with him in fear, nursing a private grief for the life she had left behind? Would she be happy by his side? How could he know? If he rode to her forest cottage in his royal carriage with an armed escort waving bright banners, that too would overwhelm her. He did not want a cringing subject. He wanted to love her, an equal. He wanted her to forget that he was a king and she a humble maiden and let shared love cross over the gulf between them. For it is only in love that the unequal can be made equal. The king, convinced that he could not elevate the maiden without crushing her freedom, resolved to descend. He clothed himself as a common man and approached her cottage with a worn coat fluttering in the wind. It was not a disguise. The king took on a whole new identity. He renounced the throne to declare his love and to win hers. Such a cool parable. And it is the story of the incarnation. 
God emptying God's self to become like humanity, to experience humanity, and to draw us into God's love and grace. In the emptying, He was born the way that every human being has ever been born. I know we focus on the miraculous storytelling about angels and stars and strangers from afar, but the point of the story is that Jesus is born basically the same way all of us are born, through grit and grime, struggle and pain. In the emptying, he was brought up in a small rural community far away from the religious, major religious and cultural centers, Raised in poverty like the rest of his community, the child of peasants, there was not a grand palace or trappings of grandeur anywhere. A teacher, a preacher, a storyteller, a prophet, a friend, a role model, a healer, a miracle worker, a sage, an inviter, an acceptor, an includer, a protector, a comforter, a voice of calm, a voice of advocacy, a voice of truth, a justice proclaimer, a community organizer. Arrested, tortured, shamed, killed. It is the story of the king who loves so much that to give up what he was was okay because it might just bring others to see the truth. And that truth is that love will always win. And there is a next chapter in the story of the Incarnation and we go back to Paul in Philippians as he quotes this great early hymn, Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, now exalted, lifted up, but in the, in the exaltation of Christ, there is an asterisk. Christ is not exalted because of divinity. Christ is not exalted because of power. Christ is not exalted because of authority. Christ is not exalted because of sovereignty. Christ is not exalted because he won. Christ is exalted precisely because Christ emptied himself. And in the emptying, he invited us to embrace his way and participate in the new thing he is creating. That great line that we in the church love to quote, almost in a boast, almost to say our religion is the best, that it wins, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's not about victory or power or about sovereignty or about who's the best or whose religion wins. Rather, every knee shall bow is in humble response 
to the humble emptying of the Christ, the coming of Christ into the world. We believe that the kingdom of God, inaugurated by and ushered in by Jesus, is growing around us. And as we embrace love over hate, kindness over power, mercy over judgment, inclusion over exclusion, that kingdom grows and grows as humanity recognizes the love and grace that surrounds us. In response to that love and grace, our natural response is to acknowledge the one who displayed it in our midst, the exalted one, the one who had emptied himself of divinity's privilege to embrace us in our humanness, is now the Lord of all life. Amen.